0: Hi everyone and welcome back to Just for Dad. This is the last episode of the summer mini-series just talking about basically like how um, it's better to start young and like how with teens and young adults and things like that that even with them starting to like make a lot of fundamental changes in society and doing different things that some may say are like maybe too like much for their age it's okay because like I said it's better to start young but yeah I'm really excited for today's episode. I have a really lovely guest who I'm super excited that I get to talk to you and to ask you some different questions and things like that. So I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself and then I'll talk about how I like came in contact with you. Sure. Um,
1: my name is Olivia Shramkowski. I'm 18 years old. Um, I just graduated uh, from the Atlanta public school system, but in the fall, I will be headed to Duke University with a hopeful major in public policy. And I am currently uh, the Georgia State Director for March for Our Lives. Yeah.
0: So, like you guys heard there, like that's really a fundamental and really ex- like just extremely like amazing thing that um she's doing being the director for March for Our Lives um in Georgia. But yeah, so that's basically what we're talking about, and that's kind of like what the episode is centered around. But um, the way I like met her I guess is um, because I guess technically we haven't really met but like the way I came in contact with her was because um a mutual like uh friend that we have uh would like kind of like repost a lot of things that she was doing and I was like wow that's really cool like that's actually super amazing and I couldn't even like really I guess like like not like I couldn't believe it but like it was just like wow like this is like beyond amazing so I was like, yeah, so like I, I messaged her and I asked her like if she would like come on for an episode and I was really happy that she agreed to. So thank you so much for that. But um, yeah, so like I said, that's just what we're talking about. But before getting into the episode prompts, just to give like a little context on exactly what March for Our Lives is, basically March for Our Lives is a demonstration and protest targeted towards gun control legislation. It began as a student-led demonstration on March 24th, 2018 in Washington, D.C., after the Parkland school shooting in Florida, and since then they now have 300 chapters and, sorry, three chapters nationally, as well as um, global and national support through various protests held internationally. So now into the episode prompts, but just to get us started, so how how exactly did you initially get into the political and activist realm and at what age?
1: Yeah, so, I've kind of been interested in politics my whole life. Um, My grandmother was super into presidents. And so I kind of became super into presidents. And then kind of just as I matured, it was kind of like, oh, well, I'm into presidents. So I guess I'm into politics. But I didn't really get fully into politics until my freshman year, when I uh, was a Senate page for the Georgia Senate. And I kind of realized that politics could be something that someone did not just for a hobby but actually as a career Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized that I really liked um, politics especially the community aspect of politics and from there um, I did my best to try to get involved and March for Our Lives was really one of the only organizations at the time that really centered young people Mm -hmm. and so it was the easiest way to get involved
0: yeah that definitely makes sense it's interesting that you mentioned from when you were a page for the senate because I think I did that as well when I was in eighth grade um yeah and that was definitely interesting and fun to do as well so yeah but um so the next prompt is did you always see yourself doing work with fighting for change in the community
1: I would say yes and no I think I've kind of always thought that I would work in politics since it's something that I've always been interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think I ever really saw myself doing like the activism and the community outreach that I do now. Um, I think I kind of just always assumed that I would like go to college and get a degree in political science and then just like naturally like get a job and then like go from there and just be in politics. I don't think I ever really imagined that like before I even went to college that I would like have a job and it would be focused mainly like not necessarily like on politics and policy, but more on like the community outreach side and like activism.
0: Yeah. So with you organizing a March for our lives protest, and that's like more than a big deal, but like how did you get the opportunity to do so?
1: Yeah. So like I mentioned, I started out in March for our lives my freshman year um, and I kind of just kind uh, Got like continued to use every opportunity that was given to me. So like I would go to all the events at my chapter, and eventually, um, I would be on the Georgia State board, and then um, I applied to be uh, the Georgia State director once our other two state directors left. Um, and so it's me and another girl who just graduated, and uh, we were co-directors together, and so um, it's kind of our job to put on these events, and uh, we didn't really think anything of it. We had been doing events for a while now and um then the uvalde shooting happened Mm -hmm. and um i think about a week later we got an email from um like the national organizers and they were like hey like um we're doing like a reinsurgency of like the marches that we did in 2018 in honor of like the uvalde shooting and like we were wondering if you wanted to put on the atlanta march um and at first it was very daunting partially because when I went to the march in 2018. I was just like another protester. Mm-hmm. And then now like four years later, I was the one like leading it. Yeah. Um, and it was really just me and this other girl. And we had two weeks. And in two weeks, we like became experts on like press and permits and everything else. And yeah. so it was definitely really hard, but it also really taught me a lot. I think um, now I have a lot of skills that most people don't necessarily get until yeah. later in life. But now that I've like put on this big thing, I know a lot more about like event planning and like protests and everything else that kind of goes along with it.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And I didn't really realize, I guess, or like it didn't really sink in that you guys only had two weeks to plan it, but the fact that you were able to like do something that um, I guess like extraordinary, something that foundational in such a short amount of time is really cool. Um, so is there anyone specific who would classify as your role model? And maybe someone who encouraged you or inspired you to start or continue what what you do.
1: Yeah, so I would say my role model is probably the late John Lewis. Um, I had an opportunity to work with him through March for Our Lives, and um, one of the things that we got to do is go out and register voters together. Um, and we are I also had an opportunity to hear him speak. Um, and he really taught me like what it really means to be a leader and like mm-hmm. the foundation of community organizing. Um, I was, I think, a sophomore in high school um, when I, like, first, like, got to meet him and know him. And at the time, I was, like, very focused on, like, okay, like, I know politics is something that I want to do later in life, so, like, I'm going to check these boxes and I'm going to get all these roles and I'm going to get this experience and like, that's kind of all that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And he really, like, showed me the importance of being in the community and the importance of, like, loving what you do because if you love what you do then like some of the scary things that like you have to go through or like the things that you need bravery for they don't seem as hard because it's something that like you're truly invested in yeah um and it just it kind of made me reevaluate what I was doing and where I was and also like note that sometimes being a leader is like stepping up and doing the hard things with others mm-hmm. um so he just really kind of guided me at that time in my journey when I was still like kind of figuring out like what I was doing in activism um and he really made a difference in like where I am now because of that
0: yeah and I think with John Lewis like so many people look up to him just for like the wise words that he can give and for being such a like just like an incredible person like all around you can tell like he's really genuine about the things that he like believed in And I think that, yeah, that definitely helps with, like, with who you're looking up to when you can tell that they're really, like, genuine about what they're talking about and they really believe what they're saying. It definitely makes a difference compared to, like, some people who just kind of say things. But yeah, so um, with that, though, who's been your, like, biggest supporter throughout your journey? I
1: would probably say my parents. I don't think they ever imagined that, like, they would have a daughter that before, like, that went to college, like, would be doing all of this stuff. And cool. so they've been very supportive. Like, before I could drive, they were, like, driving me to protests and, like, driving me to meetings. Um, and they've, they've let me miss school on a couple of occasions for, for some fun and important <laughs> things. Um, and they've they've just truly been there for me and kind of supported me throughout all of this. And, like, whenever, like, I needed them to do something, especially with the march because like you said, like we only had two weeks to plan it like
0: mm-hmm.
1: we I stored like massive amounts of stuff in my house.
0: Yeah, like,
1: they wow. didn't say anything about it. Um, And like my dad packed the car that we were taking because we had like so much stuff. And so they've always been very helpful and they've they've always like done what I've needed them to do with like out any questions asked. Mm-hmm. And so they've definitely helped me throughout this.
0: Yeah, that's really sweet. Having a good like support system definitely makes things like 10 times easier. So I'm really happy that you have that. Um, so what do you feel will bring about real change when it comes to gun control and make gun control more than just a conversation?
1: I think that we need to start focusing on like where we have common ground. I think that a lot of times, especially now, there's a lot of like division and polarization and government has become more of like beating the other side as opposed to making the world a better place yeah and um i know like the republican saying is always like oh like it's the people not the guns um and while like that's just a soundbite it kind of starts with we do have common ground there because we do both recognize that there are people that don't need guns yeah and then like starting from there and being like okay well like if we both agree that there are people that, that uh, don't need guns, then, like, what are some laws that we can pass that don't necessarily affect you as a gun owner, but make sure that the people that you're talking about can't get access to guns? And so I think yeah. that doing that in a, in a non-judgmental way and also realizing that, like, you can be pro-gun and anti-gun violence at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know living in Georgia, that sounds like a super big, like, revelation. Yeah but it's true and I mean I've talked to people who are on the other side who agree that like you know like go hunting and have guns but also agree that like gun violence is a huge problem in our nation and I think another part of that is we need everyone to be involved in this movement Um, yeah uh, before the Uvalde shooting and before like the, uh, the marches that we did I don't think we ever got that much publicity and like the work that we did and then we did the march and all of a sudden like i'm doing all these events and all these people are like asking me how they can help um and i think that we need to keep that momentum because if everyone continues to be involved then the conversation stays on gun violence and then uh people are pressured to take action and then their congressmen and their congresswomen listen to them and then bills get passed so i think that one Noting that, like, both sides can be uh, pro-gun violence prevention is important. And then making sure that everyone is involved is really what's going to, it really is what it's going to take to have action.
0: Yeah. And I think a key thing of what you said that I really liked was when you mentioned about how um, with, like, the two major political parties with um, Republicans, Democrats, it became, like, it's become in the past few years, like, a beating each other's, like, sides and opinions and views. Instead of trying to work together for the betterment of like this country and then the nation as a whole, because really both sides have like a common goal of making this like country a nice and safe place to live in. And that should really be the main focus than just, oh, what are our like opinions and our viewpoints that may be differing, but still are all towards like reaching a common goal. So, yeah, I think that's something that I've I'm waiting for the day to see when it's actually like they can work together and aren't just like they both hitting each each other's ideas down and stuff like that, which obviously I'm sure like, you know, we have like our own personal beliefs and opinions and probably have like a clear side of where we're at. Like I do personally, like, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not exactly, like I'm still open to hearing what someone else has to say regardless of what political party, if that makes sense. So yeah, I just, I hope that that can become like a nationwide thing where people are actually, like being able to openly express their viewpoints, I guess, if that makes sense. But yeah. Um, so the next prompt is what do you hope to see current politicians do to help with gun violence?
1: Yeah. Um, so as we're talking, uh, the House uh, today just voted on renewing the assault weapons ban. Um, and that's super important. That was passed. Uh, with bipartisan support um, some years ago, and then uh, we let it run out. And so um, assault weapons stopped being banned. And I think that that's a really important step forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I also wanna mention uh, the gun violence prevention legislation that was passed um, a month or so ago, like right after uh, we did our marches. And that was the first time uh, that there's been federal legislation on gun violence prevention in over 30 years. Um, So I think continuing to move forward um, with uh, those laws and make sure that they are put in place correctly. Um, A lot of the what has to do with the law that was just passed um, by the Senate and the House and Biden is that there's funding that can go towards mental health and school resource officers. Um, And so we want to make sure that that funding is distributed correctly. Um, And then I also think, that working towards more common sense gun laws is something that needs to be done um not every state and georgia's one of the states that doesn't have one has a red flag law mm-hmm. um, which basically means that uh, a judge can decide whether or not like you should be able to have a gun um which can be important like if you're arrested for a crime and like obviously you're not of sound mind like you can still own a gun um So passing red flag laws is really important Um, and just continuing to make sure that we have these common sense gun laws in place that doesn't restrict weapons from those that use them for like hunting and everything, but make sure that um, bad people don't get guns. Like that's really what we're trying to do. Um, And then I also think that um, gun violence is an issue that kind of encompasses like other issues, So legislating around like mental health and decriminalizing poverty um, is also really important when we talk about like what action we want to see passed.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. Um, So I didn't write down this prompt, but I just remember that I actually should have included it. And I just don't want to forget to add it on later on. But I was going to say that. So I know that you said that um you were invited by the White House to hear um, President Biden speak on voting rights. I was going to ask like if you could just shed some light on that and how that experience was.
1: Yeah, so um, with March for Our Lives and then also with other organizations, I've been a big proponent of voting rights. I believe that right now voting rights is really one of the only ways that we can ensure that like the government is doing what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be frustrating because a lot of times like people are suppressed and like their voting rights are taken away. But if we make sure that everyone that wants to vote, that their voice is being heard and like we can better put people in power that support our ideals. So I've been a very big proponent of that. Um, and so the White House invited me uh, to hear the speech that was done uh, in Atlanta about voting rights. Um, and that was a really cool experience, uh, partially because I, at that time I was a senior in high school and to be invited like by the White House to see the president was, Amazing, um, yeah. and we were surrounded by a bunch of like politicians that were like so much older than I was, and it was a very surreal experience. Um, and I think one, it made me proud to be an Atlantan and to be a Georgian. Um, because I think that one of the reasons why Biden chose to have the speech there is because of the significance we had like in the civil rights movement and in the voting rights movement. Yeah, and so that was really cool to be a part of that. Um, and it was also interesting. Because at the time, this was January of 2022. He said that he was for um, getting rid of the filibuster in order to pass voting rights. Um, and eventually, he didn't pass the uh, he didn't get rid of the filibuster, and then voting rights died. Um, and that's kind of come back into the conversation in terms of gun violence prevention and also um, the new ruling with abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden recently just said that he was willing to get rid of the filibuster to kind of legislate on a whole bunch of priorities that have suddenly like uh, become noticed.
0: Yeah. Um, so I just
1: I thought it was interesting that he brought it up once and it was supposed to be like a super big like bombshell moment, and then nothing happened. Yeah. And he brought it up again. Um. So I definitely think that obviously like continue to advocate for things and like watch out because biden is doing a lot but he definitely could be doing more Mm -hmm. Um, so always like hold politicians accountable um but also like at the end of the day it was really cool to be recognized for the work that i've done and it was it was a really big honor to be invited by the white house so that was definitely something that'll that'll be in my memories forever for sure
0: yeah i think uh i also like when i first um reached out to you i didn't know that that had happened until i like asked for that list but um that's really cool. And that is an extremely huge honor, like you said. So um, so I know that you've worked to make politics as well as political and governmental websites more accessible. Um so I was gonna say, in what ways have you done that?
1: Yeah, so I work with a nonprofit organization known as Ballotpedia, and Ballotpedia's main goal is to make politics more accessible. So um, it does that through, like, a bunch of articles and charts, like, uh, ranging from, like, just, like, basic, like, legislative, executive judicial branches all the way down to, like, uh, the new uh, judicial rulings that just came out. And mm-hmm. so um, in 2020, my job was to go through, uh, I think it was, like, 20 industries in every state mm-hmm. and look and see, like, what... um what the regulations were regarding coronavirus um and it would probably take me like one to two hours to like find one regulation on one industry and I started to realize that like if I wasn't like working doing it for my job like I would have quit forever ago and so like so many people probably had no idea what like what were the reg what the regulations were because they couldn't find it on the website and so that really made like started to make me think about how government websites uh, are super inaccessible and how like the information that people need is never in the right spot and people have to yeah. click like 50 links to get to where they needed to go. So um I've advised a few um political campaigns uh and like uh different politicians on uh like their websites and how um website design should be flexible and how like the reason that the coronavirus regulations weren't up on, like, the main page just because it was, like, a new thing. And mm-hmm. the way that they had formulated their website, it was never meant to, like, show a lot of regulations in, like, one place. Mm-hmm. So, like, starting to um, kind of bring up the idea of, like, pu- websites are probably how most people reach these politicians and reach these people.
0: Yeah.
1: So starting to kind of think, like, how are people getting the information they need? um So that was one part of it. And then just in general, political accessibility is a really big passion of mine. Um, I think kind of thinking about um, why certain people don't get involved in politics um, and why certain people do and just doing my best to kind of um, really reach out to people and hear their own stories and their their own side about why they don't get involved in politics. Um, Because like I mentioned before, we need everyone involved in order to uh, really make sure the government is doing what it should be doing. Um, so I've just always had a passion for um, political accessibility, and just making sure that people can find politics as fun and as easy as I do.
0: Yeah, so I think, like, with everything that you were saying is, like, you know, accessibility is one of, like, the most, like, key components, because it's, like, obviously, if people can't easily access it. Are they really inclined to like try to get involved or even sometimes even something as like simple as some people might think as like registering to like vote. Some people don't even like take that step because they're like, oh, sometimes they're like, oh, there's no point or oh, it's too difficult to like do. And like you said, with that whole accessibility thing. So yeah, I'm really glad that like you're working to make um, those websites more accessible and make it just a lot easier so that people don't have to like think that it's such a direing task and things like that. So that's really good. Um. Next prompt is: Has there ever been a time when someone has tried to limit the amount of work you have done because you're young? And if so, how did you deal with it?
1: Yeah, I think um on one side there definitely has uh been situations where um that's happened. I've also kind of done done it to myself. I know, like there have been a lot of times where I've like looked around and the next like oldest person is probably like in their thirties. Um, and so that's always been hard for me is to like, tell myself that like, I belong here. And like, I might be young, but like, I still can do the same work that everyone else is doing. And as long as I'm capable, like no one's judging me and being like, Oh, well, like, she's too young. She doesn't know anything. And so there definitely were a lot of times where I kind of put myself in that place. And was like, Oh, like, because you can't drive you shouldn't be like going out and canvassing and like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be doing all these things and oh since you can't vote like you shouldn't be advocating for like voting rights um and so I think with that it just it takes a lot of self-assurance to like let yourself know that like if you think you can do it you probably can and also there probably have been points in my life where because of the experiences that I've had I probably am more capable than some of those people because I have like the life experience of having to Mm -hmm. do it. Um, And then I think on the other side, um, like I mentioned in the beginning, like one of the reasons that I got involved in March for Our Lives is because it was really one of the only organizations that kind of like centered young people Mm -hmm. and allowed young people to take on bigger roles. um, Because I really wanted to be super involved, but everywhere that I was looking was like, oh, like, you can be a volunteer and like you can phone bank like and that was really it and like phone banking is important but I knew that I wanted to do something more and so like there definitely have been times where that has happened um and I think I really have a problem with like the qualifications that are generally needed for an internship and I think I think some of those are needed um But I think that there should be more internship opportunities for people that are in high school and sometimes even for like middle schoolers. I think um, in high school, like by the time I was a sophomore, I had already done so much work and I already had so much experience. And I really like wanted to further that experience and make something meaningful out of it. And it was really hard to find an internship that would let me do that because so many say that you either need to be in college or that you need to have have graduated from college mm-hmm. um and like I said like I get that some of those qualifications are necessary um but I also think that there were a lot of times where I would be reading the job descriptions and being like I already do that
0: like
1: <laughs> I already have experience in this like I don't need a college degree to yeah. be doing the, these things because I'm already doing them mm-hmm. um so I think that that's definitely been a big thing is like struggling with finding internships and opportunities that really allow me to do more political work on a professional level. Um and so I just I think that's something that companies should be better about, um is just like allowing more young people to take on these opportunities because we have so many ideas and mm-hmm. we're also lucky enough to like not be burned out. And so really like putting younger people in these positions could shake up your entire company in such a good way. And no one's taking advantage of that,
0: yeah. And then, like even with like the whole name of this series, like, oh, it's better to start young. It really is better to start young because that helps you like build experience. And starting when you're older or like letting, I guess like or like even okay, not letting, but like other people like saying to younger people kind of like or implying that, oh, like maybe they shouldn't be doing what they're doing because they're not old enough or like they're too young or whatever. Or maybe sometimes some of them aren't even taken as serious because they're younger. It's just really not like fair because in the sense that it's like just for you to be like a certain age to actually be taken serious doesn't really make that much sense. In addition to like with what I was saying, like experience the best thing and experience should start as young as you possibly can. Like getting that experience, like working with different organizations, like with with whatever you hope to like be doing long term, like don't wait until you're older because even when you're like, like it, it should be good that whenever you get to like the typical like age or whatever at that point you can say oh I've been doing this for years and years and not just like oh I just started so yeah and I'm glad that um you like re like guess like retrained your mind and like thought to yourself like you know like I've been doing this this for like a while and I'm more than capable enough to do this so that's really good um okay like well the next question is do you hope to go into politics yourself one day but obviously the answer is yes so I'm just gonna reach like word it to Is there like a specific um, like position that you would want to take or yeah?
1: Yeah, I think um, first I'd love to be a state senator in Georgia. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of all goes back to like my first experience being a Senate page. Um, I just really loved this sounds so weird, but like I really loved the atmosphere um, and also like (laughs) a lot of like the procedure that goes into the Georgia Senate. Like there's a lot with like the well, which is like where the senators stand. Um, And I also really liked that because their districts are so small like they really can connect with people like half of my job was making sure that the senators on the floor like met with their constituents yeah and I'm such like a people person and so I think being a state senator is definitely something that I'm interested in and then in the future like maybe being like representing Georgia in the senate like in DC Mm -hmm. would also be super fun I'm I'm a really big fan of Georgia um Georgia is my ride or die state so I'd Mm -hmm. love to I'd love to represent her in politics in whatever way I can.
0: Yeah, that's nice. So, um, okay, I guess that kind of ties in, but if you like, if there's something else with it to like expand on, but is there one specific goal that you would like to see achieved?
1: Ooh, okay. This month's like a really lofty goal and it probably won't happen (laughs) But I'd really love, and this goes back to, like, what I was saying about being interested in, like, political accessibility, mm-hmm. I'd love to solve, like, the youth crisis in America when it comes to political apathy. Mm-hmm. I think it's super interesting that, like, half of our generation is super invested in politics, and then the other half has absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um. And so I would really love that my one goal would be to, like, solve the political apathy going on in our nation. and maybe I'll do it with the help of some others, maybe it's a really lofty goal, um, but I'm just super, and even if it's, like, not completely solving it, but, like, finding one solution that at least helps, yeah, I think is definitely a goal of mine.
0: Yeah, that sounds really cool. I've never, um, like, really, I guess, like, thought too much in it, but you're definitely right with, like, how, like, so many people are, like, involved in, like, the political aspect and all that, and, like, different things like that and then like other side like you said it's just like not there at all but um yeah that's pretty interesting um okay so now we're actually on the last prompt which is if you could give one message to listeners what would it be
1: i think my one message would be to be proactive um a lot of the opportunities i've had um really came from the fact that I really just knew what I want and uh, I got it um I remember like when I first knew that I wanted to like be more invested in politics I would sit in front of my computer and google like programs in politics (laughs) or like political internships for teens in Georgia and like would go through like so many google searches just like trying to find like something I could apply to and then obviously like apply to everything you can and just continue to like grow in your knowledge I think that being proactive and like knowing like hey like I want to get invested in politics like I want to start in politics and like being like okay like I'm gonna sign up for March for Lives or I'm gonna sign up for like the Sunrise Movement and like going from there and like kind of just taking every opportunity that comes and being super invested that's really like what's helped like helped to get me where I am is just like taking every opportunity and like when no opportunity like presents itself to me like finding them like seeking them out and finding them for myself so definitely be proactive um and I believe that every single person in this country um was meant to change their community uh we all just have different ways of doing it so find your way maybe you just donate money maybe you phone bank maybe you become a doctor maybe you like work on environmental sustainability through like engineering and architecture like whatever way find your passion and use that to make good because i think that like really that's what everyone can do
0: yeah okay well that was the last prompt um i just have to say like thank you so so much i truly truly enjoyed speaking to you i think that this episode is definitely what i would say is probably one of my favorites of like the podcast so far but yeah thank you so much um and i'm to all my viewers and listeners yeah i just hope that you guys enjoyed this episode this was the last episode in the series so um i think season five will probably start around september maybe october but um yeah just thank you so much again to you and thank you to my listeners for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and yeah so thank you so much
1: of course thank you for having me